Hello everyone, welcome to OPA Podcast episode 31. Today we will be recapping uh, our loss against Iowa last Friday, um, along with previewing our match Friday night matchup against the Purdue Boilermakers. Um, to get started, we have some fun nuggets uh, to start off today. So first of all, I'm go- I want to geek out. Uh, so for some Big Ten pride, uh, Commander Michael Hopkins is commanding um, the second official launch of space uh, crew launch uh, SpaceX's Crew Dragon today from Cape Canaveral, Florida. Uh, joining with them, uh, NASA pilot uh, Victor Glover, uh, NASA mission specialist Shannon Walker, along with JAXA, Japanese or Japan Aerospace Exploration Agency's Suichi Noguchi tonight. So if I freak out within like 10, 13, 15 minutes, is because I'm geeking out to that and let the nerds come in. Um, and then t- from there, uh, some more nuggets, uh, today, uh, our very own Rodney Smith, grandpa, uh, former Golden Gopher was activated from the Carolina Panthers practice squad onto the active roster t- for today's game versus the Bucks. Uh, despite losing double digits, um, Rodney Smith made good use of his time on the field. Uh, Twitter was blowing up about it. Um, and he, and, uh, playing in that game versus uh, former Gopher teammates Tyler Johnson, T-Money, and uh, Anton Winfield Jr., uh, Anton uh, W. Jr. 11 on Twitter today as well. Um, Carter Coffin played today for the Giants, and I think Blake Cashman is still inactive, but fun day for our Gophers and the pros. Um, Griffin, you got anything for fun nuggets for today? Uh, I have nothing to add. I didn't know... uh... If I was supposed to bring some nuggets to the table or not. <laughs> That's all right. So uh, to get started, we're going to recap our loss against Iowa. Um, the only thing I took away was that we have a good punter and a kickoff specialist, like a kicker for kickoffs, and that's it. Uh, Dragon and Crawford, uh, love you. Keep doing your thing, and that's all I have positive about that game. Now I'm going to drink my sorrows. Who hates Iowa? Well, frankly, I still do. They still deserve to Rosedale, but I mean, to be fair, we did not deserve it. Uh, that's that's very obvious. Um, is this really what our play calling is going to be the rest of the season? Are we just going to target Bateman when he's in zone coverage and find little soft spots and throw to nobody else? Are we just going to give handoffs to Mo on third and six when you need to sustain a drive? Uh, we, the whole Big Ten knows that Muhammad is an absolute unit, unit, unit. What the heck? He's an absolute <laughs> unit. But 33 carries makes any running back tired. Like, yeah. the thing that pisses me off the most is I think back the last couple of years and these Iowa teams were all beatable. When we execute, we could beat these teams. And it's, it's, it's disappointing to say the least. Uh, I don't care what your culture is at this point, PJ, but at some point you got to start making these series competitive. Cause I'm just, it's getting embarrassing at this point. I mean, this year is a little different. It's a pandemic. They shouldn't really be playing anyway, but here we are, and PJ's now one in six in trophy games. We we need to do better. Uh, man, it's it's tough. Lawrence. <laughs> okay. Um. So, <laughs> uh, the game to me was summarized, and I was talking to Jason uh, after uh, before the podcast started. It's summarized by Kirk Barron in the post-game press conference when asked, why did you use three timeouts in the last 16 seconds, saying that uh, he figured he would uh, leave the timeouts in Minneapolis and take Floyd with them. That is exactly where we are in this series. That is exactly what we deserve in this series. And I, 
I am 100% on the Fire Mike Sanford train um, because this is this is this is just not okay, right? Like I, you talk about the third and six run, and I understand what PJ was doing. He was trying to that run that outside zone was there for the purpose of setting up a fourth and short. Um, but we lost the yard. But honestly, I am pissed off at PJ for so many more reasons. This is the second year in a row against Iowa where PJ gets a unsportsmanlike uh, uh, unsportsmanlike penalty on him when we should be in the red zone. This is the second year in a row. For me, the thing that is just horrid is this idea that we are supposed to be routinely and consistently one of the most disciplined teams, not only in the Big Ten, but in the country. And this game, we decided we are going to play our most undisciplined game in all three areas, all three phases of the game. And that upsets me. I don't like what is the purpose of your culture? Yeah. What is the purpose of that when your biggest opponents, your biggest rivals, that that is the product that you put on the field? We should have been um, in the area of going up 14 all at half. But stupid penalties, including from our coach, led to horrible just – uh, yeah, that that's me. I'm going to walk inside my house now and soak and possibly grab alcohol. Yeah, uh, for those that are listening um, or didn't tune into the game or maybe listen to this podcast maybe months, years down the line, um, it's the uh, Spencer Petras interception thanks to a freshman linebacker, I think James Gordon, the fourth, the third? Uh, sorry. Uh, sorry, uh, James. Um uh, where he got the ball into the uh, red zone on the Iowa 13-yard line, where we received two penalties, one on P.J., but also one on Mariano Story Merritt on a, on a blindside hit um, to help block for James to get down to the 13-yard line. So we started pretty much back on our own territory on like the 40-some-yard line. And I was tilted, and Laurens, we were on a group call just to talk about it. and boy was I pissed um <sighs> I I was still trying to find some video of PJ's um unsportsmanlike yeah, I didn't I really see it either. It. I was trying to see where he ran onto the field but in the camera view of the game I really didn't see much so I wonder if Maybe there were rules established before the game by the officiating crew. I don't know, but it's, I mean, two years in a row, shame on you. Don't let it happen again. It's um, what he had said was like, once the interception had happened, um, he and his whole team had, you know, sideline way crazy and they started, like, running onto the field, kind of, and he went with them. And that's what allegedly threw the penalty. But, you know, you're an adult. You are an adult, PJ. Act like an adult in this moment, especially when you're losing by 14 points. Um, so I know we like to bring up Sanford in this conversation, but can we also bring up – uh, the fire Rob Wenger train as well for special teams. I think they didn't screw us this weekend. They didn't screw us this weekend, but that doesn't mean one good performance should give them a free pass. That's you're right. right. You're right, you're right. <laughs> we should be 2-2 two and two, uh, if it weren't for special teams, but this game proved we have good players. Does now not have we the right need... staff in place? pretty much in right. some positions. Now we need to prove that there's good coaching in there. And all I'm seeing right now are good players. 
<laughs> I see, like, um, we put in beforehand. We no. put in that um, the true freshman corner, uh, Michael Dixon, and all of a sudden, dude was hitting um, that Iowa running back. And I was like, where have you been all season? Why, PJ, why, why is this dude? He all of a sudden starts putting in, like, true freshman uh, Donald Willis. Wait, we got linebackers who will catch the ball? Where has this been, BJ? Yeah, like, like, a, like some of the true freshmen, redshirt freshmen, like also Cody Lindenberg. We're like, where have they mm-hmm. been all season? Like, like they are there. And uh, when PJ said in the press conference that, oh, uh, one of the excuses that totally wasn't an excuse, but was definitely an excuse, um, when he says, Mariano Sori Marin, you know, he got ejected. And also, really quick, uh, fire the official uh, officiating crew, but that's not my business. Anyway, uh, he says, uh, Mariano, he is the anchor of our defense. And I'm like, if Mariano Sori Marin is the anchor of this defense, we got some problems. If that is the standard bearer of your defense, of your linebacker play, we look. We gon' we gon' have some problems. It looks like Jordan Howden reverted back to being Jordan Howden, twenty eighteen Jordan Howden, so to speak. So also, I don't know. I, it, it just yes. Also, I have to give props to um, uh, when St. Jude was out. Uh, uh I think Philip Howard filled yep. in. I know he got burned that first half of the game, um, but. From there, from then on, like Philip Howard held his own, and I you know, know, I, I, know. I got I got a bone to pick with Philip Howard. Okay. Um, when, you, when when you're playing defensive back, homie, can you turn your head so you can pick off a pass that Spencer Petras did not put anything on? None, none whatsoever. Like, turn your head, play the ball. <laughs> can you imagine Antoine was? <laughs> <laughs> Man, that, that would have been a house call. That would have been a house call. I know exactly what you're talking about, too, Griffin. I'm just like, Smith, what made it work, like, I had said coming into the game where I'm like, look, if Spencer Petras wants to put on a Heisman performance, so be it. I don't care. Like, oh, fine, fine. If he's going to do it, yes. I will take that L. I will take that L. But the fact is, Spencer Patrick looked bad. He looked bad. And, and what, it didn't matter. And what did we talk about on the last podcast? What was the key to the game? They can beat us. Spencer Patrick <laughs> hit hard. Yeah. Throw six blitzes. On a four-down drive, even though that's not possible, I don't care. <laughs> Throw it six times because it's going to be extended by at least two rough in the passers. So who knows? <laughs> no, but the sad part was is it didn't even look like we wanted to hit him. They were just laying. They were staying back the entire game. It didn't look like we wanted to play the run, which is what we knew they do to win the game. But it was yeah. it was easy to carve. Oh. Our defense. What? Oh, yeah, Jason's there. <laughs> oh, sorry. I don't care about your joy right now, Jason. We're angsty oh. gopher fans. Okay, I'm back to being angsty now. Um... D-line was manhandled by a subpar Iowa offensive line. Okay, I'm not going to say it was subpar, because they do got two All-Americans on that uh, offensive line. And so Alaric Jackson, and Alaric Jackson is an All-American, probably going to be a first-round pick. Well, and I'm they got throw. the best – they have arguably the best center in the Big Ten. But I don't care. I'm going to throw some disrespect their way. I'm mad. And they'll throw disrespect right back at us by running the same play again and again. They didn't even have to switch up their defensive coverages. They're just like, look – we're just gonna, we just gonna play six dudes in the box, 
we go we gonna have two safeties. That's what we gonna do. That's uh we know you're just gonna throw to Rashad. We know it. They use we know you're, against you, us. <laughs> we also know that your quarterback is going to underthrow everything. We know it. We know that Chris Bale can be wide open down the middle and you're still going to Daniel Jones trip. We know it. I, like, their game plan was literally like, we are going to let anyone not name Muhammad Ibrahim and Rashad Bateman beat us. And that's exactly what they did. And that is so disrespectful. And it's exactly how every team is going to play us. Also, if we're throwing shade to like their offensive line, I know Griffin wants to, I'm going to throw shade on ours. Um... Pretty much, I was D line. They just like hands on the offensive lineman, and then once Mo makes his cutback, they just easily shut off their blocks. Because like, I know what he's gonna do. <laughs> <laughs> they they got four weeks. They know what his running style is, and they know that we're not gonna do anything creative with him. Yep. Inside zone, outside zone, right? Like that. We are not. We are not Wisconsin. We are not at, we do not have the offensive line depth of Wisconsin where we can say against just about anyone not named Ohio State, we are going to line up, we are going to run the ball inside zone down your throat, and you are you're gonna like it. You're you're going to say thank you. Can I have another? We are not there. Yeah. We were there kind of last year. We're we are not there this year. And if we <laughs> If we are just going to any team that has any type of discipline, which Iowa, they have discipline. Um, Northwestern, they invented discipline because they are not talented. It's basically Northwestern is the closest thing to playing one of the military schools, but in the Big Ten, they're not talented. They're just better than you. Um, and then, like, Wisconsin, what they missed, like, six starters on defense yesterday. And they still And they won. hold Mich- – they hold uh, – not only they won, they won by 38 points. Yep. At Michigan. At Michigan. Um, with far less talent than Michigan has, mind you. Far less talent. So, like, some of the excuses that – I see that we make um, in regards to COVID, in regards to opt-outs, in regards to people being out. Like, Wisconsin doesn't make those excuses. Northwestern doesn't make uh, those excuses. I think three of their four best players all opted out. Even Purdue, but Rondale out. They don't make excuses. Rondale, look, they, they're not making excuses. They just say, okay, Rondale's out. David Bell, go hunt it. Yep. Uh, uh, they freaking yesterday, even though they lost, their running back had a hundred yards receiving. Horbath, right? Yep. They said, "Oh well, Rondale, somebody else got to catch the ball." And Horbath catch it, right? Like, oh, oh, and apparently we still don't know what a tight end is. Rip Coquif and Bryce Witham and Griffiths Fan Ford and Jake Paulson and <laughs> like this. What pisses me off so much about right now is, like, we are going to wait. I don't know who's coming back next year on this offense especially. Like, I am I am very confident that the defense is going to be better next year. Very confident about that. Especially the guys who are starting early or playing early. Like- the guys who are starting early, I look at our corners uh, that we are bringing in. Assuming that we're able to keep the best corner that we have in this class and Avante Dickerson, I pray that we're able to keep him because that dude is different. You can put him at corner, you can put him at wide receiver, and I repeat, that dude is different. His speed, he's gone. Um, 
But, like, I'm very confident that the defense is going to get better. Cool, great. So but, is, like, this offense, huh? So is Avante, in your eyes, it's kind of like a Rashad Bateman, but for our defense? Because remember how Rashad came in? He... Avante is... Avante, to me, is like Carter Coughlin, Got but it. in the secondary. Like, he is a dude who could hold it down for years. His speed is ridiculous. Um, on both sides of the ball, like yesterday, uh, not yesterday, on Friday in their uh, state semifinal game, they were down, and some poor fool decided to do a kickoff to Avante. Ooh. 97 yards later, like, and you literally knew, like, uh, you could see on the sideline, the coaching staff were like, oh, they're actually going to kick it to him. Oh, they don't know. They don't know. They don't know. And he hit a second gear, and I'm like, this dude right now would be the fastest dude on our team, and it's not close. Like, you had – like, I don't even understand how the heck he got behind these people so fast. Like, he just got the ball and he was going. Anyway, um, that's ridiculous. In fact, all three of our corners recruits, uh, Avante – um, Steven Ortiz Jr. and Justin Whaley, all three of them are leading undefeated teams. Mm. All three of them. <laughs> I, like I like that. I like it. Um, our third corner, the corner who's the lowest ranked, is currently Mississippi's player of the year in 6A. In the, in the largest class, he's the player of the year. Like, that's where we are. But I'm like, can we keep these dudes? How, what do you say? Are you going to say, oh, it's COVID? Okay, everyone else is dealing with COVID. The freaking nerd school Northwestern is dealing with COVID, and they're fielding a top 15 team. Rant. I'm sorry. That was my rant. I, <laughs> I'm mad. So do we want to move on to the next game? Then? Yes. All right. So we have a we have another Friday night matchup, our third one. Um, uh, no. Yeah, I'm not joking. <laughs> so it's a 6:30 p.m. kickoff at home at TCA Bank Stadium on Big Ten Network. Um, it'll be aired, I guess, at Big Ten Network (BTN) uh, on the radio at 100.3 KFAN. And live streamed uh, the radio broadcast on YouTube from Gopher Sports, which will feature our very own Pride of Minnesota. Love to them. Uh, with pregame, national anthem, and halftime, um, and some other shorts and stand tunes. So tune into that. Um, uh, against right now, uh, I believe, I can't find, I, I lost track of the record. Uh, the Purdue Boilermakers. Um, and they're favored by like 65% on ESPN's FPI. Uh, betting odds, they're favoring Purdue by minus three. Um, yeah, that's all I got. So, what is our keys to the game <laughs> to win this? Well, first, we just have to show up. <laughs> <laughs> and then, two, execute. Uh, you, you can't even get into detail anymore. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, okay. Um, fun fact, we won six of the last seven against Purdue, and only three of those wins we were favored. Uh, I don't know if you remember this, but we were uh, heavy, heavy underdogs in 2018 when Purdue walked in with Rondale Moore after just delivering Ohio State its head and taking Iowa and dragging them up and down Kinnick. They walked into Minneapolis after we had just uh, got slaughtered by dragged Carolina. up and down. Yep, just got slaughtered, just embarrassed. And uh, I was Ron, like, we Ron are Smith about to take too. That is true. Maybe we can fire Mike Sanford this weekend, man. <laughs> <laughs> they, they walked in and uh, the age of Rossi began by ending all of them um, with 31 points. So, like, okay. Purdue, to me, 
is always going to be a, not always, but at this very moment, it is going to be a matchup problem favoring us. Which is to say we should win this game. Why? Because their D-line is still undersized. Their D-line is still undersized. And if we could run on Iowa, oh, we can run on Purdue. Um, that's, that's the first thing. Their D-line is undersized. Um, but they're going to stack the box. They are going to put seven, eight hash in the box and dare us. They're going to freaking bracket Rashad and say, throw to literally anyone else. Now, if we remember last year, uh, one Tanner Morgan broke the Big Ten efficiency. Twenty-one for twenty-two for darn near four hundred yards and four touchdowns. Um, that was last year, Tanner. Mind you, those touchdowns were Rashad, Chris Ottman Bell, Tyler Johnson, like yep. a variety of receivers. Yes, he was just throwing it. You, we gonna throw it to you. We gonna throw it to you. We gonna throw it to you. Uh, he had a few rollouts where he hit the tight ends. I was like, what? Uh, these these are things um, that happen. Um, I don't. This is a game where I'm like, all indications will say that we should lose, but the strength of our defense is our corners. The strength of their offense is their wide receivers. This is basically a reverse Iowa game. This is a reverse Iowa game for me um, because the str- our strength on offense was their strength on defense. And I don't trust their running game too much. Yes, they do have the third leading rusher in the Big Ten, but the third leading rusher in the Big Ten has about 400 yes, less yards than Mohamed. I think like eight or nine less touchdowns too. But we will make him look better than he is because we are oh. left in yep. run defense. Mm-hmm. Oh, of, oh, of course. I fully expect him to run for 150 yards and two touchdowns. Fully expect that. Uh, but still, that's not the game that they want to play though, which is the issue. Like, Iowa was very content just playing trestle ball. They are very content with it. But the thing is, with Iowa was, they were like, you can't run it on us. (laughs) You you can't run it on us. So we will get up by 14, and we're going to watch you squirm for the next three quarters. The thing is, we could run on Iowa. Not a lot, but we could run on Iowa. Against Purdue, we can run on them. So I... There are quarterback is also leading the Big Ten in passing yards, by the way, which is he's doing a reverse. He's Tanner Morgan. He is Tanner Morgan of this year. So, I don't know. This is a, to me, this is a matchup where it favors the Gophers based completely on the style of play that we do. And we're still going to get blown out, so. Yep. So, I know Lorenz and I were, to put it bluntly, bitching about this on Friday night. Um, will we still see Tanner this coming Friday? Or are we going to see maybe Zach Anikstead, um, who was a starter for six, seven games a couple years ago, who had a foot injury last year that made him lose the starting job or the competition? We do have redshirt freshman Jacob Clark, who has been to all the games. 6'5", who threw a very nice dime. He has the arm in that Maryland game when he mopped up there. Cole Kramer, a dual threat out of, I think, was it Eden Prairie? Mm-hmm. Um, so, I, I, I'm i going to say it. I, 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 we're still going to see Tanner. Like, PJ is going to stick with him. But I know I'll be angry because, like, we have guys behind him that can probably do better. But um, I know I was ripping about it on Friday night with Laurent on the call and mentioned it on the group. But 
don't know about you I, guys. I fully expect to see Tanner in there for 60 minutes, undoubtedly. Um, PJ is kind of stubborn in his ways where he doesn't want to just take people out. If they're the starter, they're the starter. They they have the job. End of story. Um, so I don't I don't see Clark Kramer, Anikstead making an appearance. The only way that they might take away some of the plays that would involve Tanner Morgan, i.e. anything passing. Uh, <laughs> that's how I see it. I think that's how he's going to see it as well. And if it doesn't matter how bad, well, to an extent, it doesn't matter how bad Tanner's playing. We are going to lose by whatever way PJ wants to play this game. And I don't, I wonder if it's the same scenario that we went through with, because let's be clear. Um, all four of these quarterbacks are not going to be here next year. We are we are bringing in another four-star quarterback with Ethan Kaliakmanis. I cannot say his last name. I'm pretty sure that's at least serviceable. Um, we are bringing in another four-star quarterback next year. If this year doesn't count at all, that means our quarterback room will have Tanner Morgan, Zach Anderson, Cole Kramer, Jacob Clark, and Ethan. Um, not all four of these dudes is going to be here. Also, we still have like two or three walk-on quarterbacks. And, and they don't matter. <laughs> they matter, but they don't. Um, room. It's, it's crowded. They are not all going to be here. And at this point, so like we're out of contention in, in the West. We are. Um, and yet... What what is what is the purpose now? Like Tanner has lost his confidence. Like the one thing that I've never saw from Tanner last year really was him just looking scared. Like this dude would hold the ball too long and get smacked last year, but he would hold the ball if he was like, "Yo, I'm going to throw this touchdown. I don't care." Right, that was the Tanner of 2019. That Penn State game with Micah Parsons coming right at his face. He says, "I'm gonna throw this down to Tyler Johnson down the field. I'm just gonna do it." Um, with Outback Bowl, with what's his name, uh, Derek Brown of Auburn, literally in his back pocket. Let me just throw this float up to this tidy. To end this game, like that was the Tanner of 2019, and I don't know how you all feel about this, but I feel like there is weight. I feel like part of what's ailing Tanner is the amount of pressure that's being put on him, and this idea that we have a young defense and we have to rely on Tanner and this offense to keep us in games. Whereas last year, we fielded a top 10 defense. And for a while, it was Tanner, don't mess this up. Which worked out mostly for that, last year. It, it did. And, like, it allowed Tanner to grow, right? Because, like, the South Dakota game, Tanner, is very, 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 very different from the Tanner that we had by Penn State. Even against Iowa last year, on the road with A.J. Epinesa literally just coming at him, Tanner was throwing bombs, and he didn't care. He was throwing bombs. And frankly, if Tyler Johnson doesn't drop the game-winning touchdown, Tanner would have won that game, Right? But this is not, this year, this is not the Tanner that we had last year, and that's really sad. I don't know what happened to him. Coaching. Plain and simple. Like, how does coaching... 
Like, okay, like, if he was... Mm. We, we know Tanner Morgan is not as bad as he looked right now. No. I don't know what Kirk Shiraka did, but it worked for Tanner Morgan, and it's not working for Sean Clifford. Yes. It's, it's I, really not. So, I'm, I'm like, can we seriously just, like, say, yo, Penn State, we know y'all don't like this play calling. You want to give them back? <laughs> You want to give Kirk back, please? Continue, sorry. No, it's just... It's just me thinking... I I, I want to know what Kirk did, because it worked. I don't know the specifics. I don't know what meetings and uh, video were like for them, but... It worked. He was confident. He threw passes with zip on them. He started out the year holding the ball, like you said, but then when he actually stepped into passes, felt comfortable in the pocket, trusted his own line, he was making his throws as good as any college quarterback. And his, his stats reflected that they really did. You saw him top five in passing efficiency or whatnot, or the nation. And then, yeah, we're talking nation We're he's up on the list with Justin Fields. also the thing that when i when i see us play i know uh and i did joke about this but in all seriousness the bread and butter that made our team last year especially in the passing game was the slant because we to quote glenn mason minnesota runs the best slants in the entire nation and there's no slants at all. Um, I'm not sure if like Matt Simon's input at all is not coming through, or is this just legitimately Mike Sanford's offense? Because I see, when I see Matt Simon call plays, it's like a mini Kirk Shiraka. That's what happened against the outback in the outback bowl, and he did use tight ends. And <laughs> I know the rounds go harp. Do we have tight ends still? Um, Wisconsin does. Yes, they do. Um, like I, I don't know at this point. Like I don't see what made our offense our offense in like the past three seasons. Like even though we did go five and seven, six, uh, seven and six, and then eleven and two, you know, our offense still remained with his bread and butter inside and some outside zone in the run game, uh, the screen game, throwing it to Mo or back then was Shannon Brooks and um, uh, Rodney Smith. Um, and then using Tyler and Rashad, uh, Chris when he can when he was there, or Demetrius when he was there, um, which makes makes me miss Demetrius even more. But you know, I don't see that offense anymore, and I don't know what to say. Like I'm gonna say we're gonna I'm already saying it. We're losing. I don't know what score. Um, I'm like deuces. I'm out. <laughs> Speaking of screens, have we seen at least one bubble screen this year? We have not. Nope. <laughs> you know what we have seen? Inside zone, outside zone, right? <laughs> Can someone tell me who told, who lied to either PJ Fleck, Mike Sanford, or Matt Simon and told him that Rashad Bateman is a slot receiver? Who lied to them? Whose house do I need to find? Because they have not lined Rashad Bateman where he is supposed to be, where he has meant to be, you know where why he was born to be. You know why uh, he's not where he's supposed to be? Because because our pocket doesn't give him doesn't give Morgan enough time to make the play. Oh, but for me, that doesn't matter, right? And it doesn't matter because I'm like this. Look, you are going to take a safety with Rashad Bateman. You, it's, it's just going to happen, right? Chris Alvin Bell can run a slant very well. Why are you putting Chris on the outside? Why is Chris on the outside? No one is paying attention to Chris. <laughs> 
No one's paying attention to Chris. Why are you putting Daniel Jackson on the outside? Put these dudes on the inside because a safety is going with Rashad and let them develop because you cannot get you cannot get players better without them actually getting meaningful reps, i.e. the ball is coming to you. Yep. But if you're going to force feed Rashad Bateman the ball on the inside where all of the things that makes him such an elite receiver disappear, his speed, his yak, all of that stuff, his uh, incredible route running disappears because you only you aren't going to have any good route development. He's not going to be able to hit full speed. So you're ba- you are you are taking away your best weapon for your opponent. And by taking away your best weapon, you also take away Chris and Andrew Jackson and whoever else. So I'm mad. Also I know we talked about this way back in the Outback Bowl. Like, you know, we had we have tight ends. Uh, <laughs> I was like, I know Lorenz was originally on the Brevin Span for train way before that, but I was like, you know, we have guys, are, we have talented guys, both on offense and defense. We, and we said this often, we have talented personnel on this roster. It's just. <laughs> and then every time they have a designed play for him. Um, example, Nebraska last year, Jake Paulson decides to drop it when he has 50 yards clear to the end zone. <sighs> All right. Wow, we we really given up. <laughs> I've given up. <laughs> My spirit is broken. <laughs> All right, let's use our broken spirits and give us a prediction. I'm saying it. We are losing to Purdue. 49 oh. to 28. You think we're going to put up 28? Yes. <laughs> Garbage time. Uh, Garbage yeah, time 28. Uh, when I had confidence. 49 to 28, giving Ron, uh, giving uh, Ron Raymond, who may be active, a couple of tutties, David Bell, a couple of tutties, and a four bath tutties. Do not say that name. Do not say Ron Raymond. <laughs> Don't say no, 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 no. I already no. said it because I'm, I'm done. I'm out. <laughs> I don't want to see him. <laughs> I don't want to see that man. We don't, we don't want those problems. Um, he already mad at us. <laughs> he already <laughs> mad. <laughs> I know you gonna put Michael Dixon on Rondell Moore. Is that what we want to do? Is are these the problems? Okay. Is Benjamin St. Juice gonna be back? What what happened to him? I don't know. Wait, sorry. Who are you talking about? Benjamin St. Juice. He was. Oh, I have no idea. I, I saw like posts from Andy Greeter saying um, Benjamin St. Juice was out for the game, but that's about it on Twitter. Um, of course, PJ's being very much on the DL on what's going on with some of the players. It was obvious on special teams like Mark Crawford, Grant Ryersey, Dragon, and um, Michael Lance that they were living together, so contact tracing with COVID. Fairly obvious. I don't know about St. Juice. Also, know. presumably... Michael Lance was healthy yesterday, or on Friday, correct? That yep. is correct, yes. Why is Brock Walker kicking? With a sports hernia. Yep. <laughs> Hashtag fire Rob Winger. <laughs> fire Rob Winger, fire Mike Sanford. Uh, just, you know what? South, look, South Carolina just fire Will Muschamp. Can we hire him? <laughs> can also you know I'm starting to see it now um, the inequities in how universities have money or give money to athletics because we are not paying our head coach we are not paying our assistants nearly as much nope. 
nearly as much um, as other places. I'm just praying that Penn State fires Kirk Sharaka so he can come back home. <laughs> come home, Kirk. Uh, I'm going to say this, and I'm going to say it because I prayed about it. 28 Gophers, 25 Purdue. <laughs> Look, I watched that Illinois game that Purdue played. Illinois was supposed to win that game. True. Okay. So I'm, I'm a glutton for punishment. This is a match. I knew Iowa was going to be a matchup problem for us. I think truly this game is a matchup problem for Purdue. Because if we get ahead, offensive line is going to lean on them all night. Just lean on them. So that's where I'm at. Lorenzo, before I get my prediction, I find it interesting how you bring up uh, the inequities in the athletic performance <laughs> for money because I don't know if you all saw this, but over the summer, we all know athletic departments across the country had to start making changes. They were cutting sports, um, obviously including our own. But Iowa had to cut, or they cut four sports, men's and women's swimming, um, uh, tennis and men's tennis and men's gymnastics. So four sports throughout those cuts there were still 10 on-field assistant coaches at Iowa that received raises between forty dollars and $90,000 for the 2021 season. And that's before their 10% pay cut reduction came into effect. So now Iowa football coaches in a shortened eight-game season, plus whatever the bowl they might play in, nine, will take home slightly more this year than last year. Just something to think about. <sighs> if yeah. there's another reason to hate Iowa, there's one. <laughs> I mean, I was just hating them because y'all remember that uh, was their strength and conditioning coach getting fired because the players coming back and saying how he was being so incredibly racist. We remember that. Do we remember oh, yeah. this? Oh, yes, we did. Oh, yeah. He had a uh, $1 million settlement. Yeah, do we remember the fact that one Brian Ferentz was the other one who was mentioned in that settlement for being incredibly racist? But he's not getting fired. Why? Nepotism. Nepotism. Uh, don't you love it? I wish Wyatt was here to go up on nepotism. <laughs> yeah, also, no. Um, I for, hate our, uh, for our listeners, Wyatt's out due to other... Uh, person concerns uh, in our normal lives, so that's why he's not here. But he contact tracing with sadness. We we love him. We love Wyatt. So love you, Wyatt. We love you, Wyatt. We only wish uh, Gopher football would love you back <laughs> and provide you wins. Griffin, what what's gonna happen to this Friday? Thirty for the choo choos. Hmm. 16 for the Gophers. <laughs> so how do we score? Oh. How do we score with the 16? Three field goals, baby. <laughs> you are so away. Three for three, Brock Walker inside the 40. With a sports hernia? <laughs> okay. You bet. Hey, that would be a legendary performance. I ain't gonna lie. That would be legendary. Who scores the touchdown? Is it a throw or a run? Run. Outside zone. Five yards. <laughs> <laughs> Y'all remember when Seth... Okay, this is my last thing because I'm sad. I want to make some, uh, uh, some positives, but like... Do we remember in 2018 when we were the youngest team in America? 52. And we were still throwing caution to the wind with some of these offensive play calls that we were doing. Like, I remember at Nebraska the double reverse pass to Seth Green. I remember the flea flickers. 
I remember Seth Green throwing the ball down the field against Iowa. I remember watching your face during the Nebraska game, LaRons. That was probably the funniest part. (laughs) Huh? I was watching your face the whole Nebraska game. Oh, yeah. No, it was absolutely horrible. Everything was bad. I was like, why is Rob Smith still employed? But, like, I remember when all of these things happened, and the one thing that I never said was, the offense is going to lose us this game. True. The offense is really going to lose us this game. Never said that. I said that back in 2017, back when we had Demry freaking Croft and Connor Rhoda. But I'm like this, look, at least Demry Croft could run. Whatever is happening right now, like, Someone needs to, I don't know what P.J. Fleck is doing right now, but I really pray that he, after that positive press conference thing that he does, I hope that he went into, uh, got his assistant coaches and ripped everyone a new one. I pray that that happened. That's it. So then um, to wrap up, um... Of course, we're all from uh, Minneapolis, and Lorenz is from Illinois, uh, from the Chicago area. Monday Night Football is tomorrow. Vikings versus uh, Bears. I'm saying the Vikings go lose to St. Nick Foles because um, I don't trust Kirk Cousins. <laughs> but my heart I'm, will continue. Look, look, go Bears. The Vikings are who we thought they are. Um <laughs> I yeah, they are exactly who I thought they are. Bad. Just shut down Dalvin Cook. Dalvin Cook is basically Muhammad Ibrahim. <laughs> shut him down. Make Kirk beat you because he can't. Nope. There you go. I just gave you all the defensive game plan. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> all right, and we're gonna end our podcast here. So thank you for all of us joining in for today's live stream or listening via off air on um, Spotify, SoundCloud, YouTube, and anywhere else you may listen to your podcast. Um, I'm one of your hosts, Jason O. I am Laurent's Fire Mike Sanford. Yesterday, Guider and Griffin Fire Rob Winger tomorrow (laughs) and we'll see y'all uh next weekend for another podcast and oh oh